right, hello. It's once again the Saturday DFS podcast, except actually coming to you on a Friday instead of Saturday because it's Christmas week and, uh, you know, we all have lives outside of football. Although not really this year because, uh, like, basically week 15 and week 16 have all just slammed together at this point. I'm not really sure where one ended uh, and the other began, but that's beside the point. Uh, we are here to talk week 16 daily fantasy. Uh, and, of course, I'm Matt Harmon, if you haven't figured that out. Uh, and I'm also joined this week, unfortunately, not by TJ Hernandez for uh, a couple of reasons. And uh, I'm actually joined by Yahoo's own Dalton Del Don. Dalton, how's it going, man? They were like, we were going to usually do uh, we were going to have to miss our usual stat nerd podcast this week. But uh, the universe has brought us together anyways. What's up, man? I'm happy to uh, jump on and talk some DFS with you. But the, the truth is, I, I want to get off the football grid right now. I, I lost my <laughs> $6 million survivor pool yeah. last weekend. I was one of 23 uh. people. And you're making it tough here. I guess you know what's also tough is having a job writing about football. But um, uh, the yeah. one nice, the one nice thing about this though is those Cardinals, my least favorite team in sports, uh, is not on this DFS slate. They play Saturday, so we don't have to talk about them. Dude, I I didn't want to text you because I thought about um just you know I, when the when the whole Cardinals thing happened, it was a nightmare. Uh, for those who are not familiar, Dalton was in a huge survivor pool as he just mentioned, and unfortunately got bounced thanks to Cliff Kingsbury and company in Detroit. That was a tough uh, break. Although at least now your kids will be allowed back inside. Yeah, exactly. And I can go to a Christmas event tonight before. Otherwise, I was going to have to have the Niners in this Christmas slate in this Survivor tournament. And I was oh, going to miss the whole family <laughs> Christmas event because I can't be I can't be around people. So I guess I should be happy. There's relief. And now I can go back to living a normal everyday life. Well, happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to everybody out there. And maybe try to spend, you know, do what you can uh, in terms of spending time with folks this year. All right. Standard COVID warning before we jump into things here. Uh, you know, obviously check the news. Everything is in flux. Players continuously going on and off the COVID list. I mean, some have happened. Uh, we are taping this Thursday morning, 1130 a.m. Pacific time. Things have changed uh, drastically even since we filled this outline out. So we will jump right into it here. Uh, let's start at quarterbacks. Dalton, typically, you know, we just alternate TJ and I uh, so I'll let you go first with your first uh, high high salary quarterback here give me Matthew Stafford uh, I'm going to target a lot of players in this game it's the highest over under by far on the slate indoors um uh, one thing I will say is the Rams are kind of due for some touchdown regression from their running backs, but otherwise I just love this setup here. The Vikings have allowed the third most opponents plays per game. This should be high pace. Uh, the, the healthy receivers in LA Stafford's been playing well. So I just like the setup. I think it's going to be really high scoring. Um, and the Vikings are going to be forced to throw more than usual too. So, so I like uh, all players involved here in a, in a DFS stack. No, you're right about, um, the touchdown regression potentially by uh, the running backs. I think I mentioned this actually on our stats show last week, you know, that Sony Michelle was second in the NFL in rushing uh, over those previous two games and had scored just one touchdown, had another big game uh, obviously on Tuesday night, you know, and I really like Sony Michelle at 20 bucks. Like I'm kind of tempted to go, contrary how but how contrarian can you really be uh when it comes to this you know this this rams passing offense it's so so good like getting away from these guys seems uh, a little silly but yeah as you mentioned though specifically sony michelle 292 rushing yards over the last three games just one touchdown there is definitely some uh potential positive regression there but yeah going with matthew stafford it's hard to go wrong uh, 8.6 YPA on the road uh, this this year for Stafford. So I, I expect this to just be a nice back and forth ping pong high scoring game. 
Should be a really fun uh, fantasy game. Uh, I'll talk about Tom Brady here because you just look at the top of, of the quarterback uh, like board right now for this week in daily fantasy. It's kind of tough. Like it, I, I obviously I like Matthew Stafford. I like a couple of the other guys we picked here, but you know Justin Herbert uh, against the Houston Texans is is mildly interesting at thirty seven. Um, you know Josh Allen kind of tough to justify as the highest salary quarterback. We'll talk about him a little bit later. You know the Chiefs. With Patrick Holmes at 37, he, he, they're dealing with COVID issues there. Um, Jalen Hurts at 35, uh, you know, I thought about him as well, but I decided to kind of make the case here for Tom Brady. Uh, obviously, going on the road, Carolina, uh, they're missing guys, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, Chris Godwin is out for the season. Mike Evans, I feel like, is probably not going to play in this game. Uh, he's week to week with his injury. Nevertheless, you know, gets Antonio Brown back. Like, okay, now you've got to go from just like having all these guys to just having Gronk and Antonio Brown. That's not the worst thing in the world. Like two of the best players at their position of all time. So I feel like Tom Brady actually could go a little under rostered at $34 in a game that, um, you know, is is not expected to be one of the highest scoring of the slate. Uh, the Bucks team total is still not that bad um, despite all of their injuries. Uh, I feel like this is still a game where Brady could ring up the Panthers for 300 plus yards and three touchdowns, uh, getting that big lead that we expect them to, to have over this team. Yeah. I can see his roster percentage being lower because of the injuries to Evans and Godwin, um, and the home road splits too. But I do like the setup. Otherwise, even though Leonard Fournette, as much as we do like Ronald Jones and we'll talk about him, you know, I mean, it could <sighs> easily we? turn into just passing all the time, you know, if he fumbles <laughs> right away. Um, yeah. so, uh, and yeah, Antonio Brown is obviously great and, and Gronk. So my main concern here actually more than the, uh, injuries to the whiteouts is just, Carolina's offense being so bad, maybe so Tampa bad, Bay yeah. won't have to throw it all the second half, but they're pretty high uh, pass rates even when they're playing with the lead. So can't go. The other thing with Brady is coming off a shutout in primetime. I mean, yeah, kind of like the narrative of him, you know, bouncing Love back. Like he's historically yeah. just been so, so good after losses, let alone when not very few uh, shutouts and going the third time in his career. But um, but yeah, I hard to argue against Brady in a bounce back uh, uh, outlook here. I actually think I've thought that same thing about the Panthers offense with the Bills last week. And TJ made the point on last week's podcast. And I think it's a good one. The Panthers offense is so bad at this point. I mean, Matt Rule, like I I want this guy out of my life so bad. And and it's, you know, I've got complicated feelings about the Panthers. But, you know, he's talking about Sam Darnold's going to take snaps. Like this guy think he's in a freaking super flex league or something. I mean, what are we doing here with the Panthers quarterback? It's like a, it's just basically an embarrassment at this point. I don't care which guy you play. Just play one of them, like play only Cam Newton or only PJ Walker or only Sam Darnold, even though that one makes me want to drill a hole in the side of my head. Um, you know, like just pick one of them. Even these guys don't want to be doing this thing. But anyways, point of that is the Panthers offense is so bad at this point that they can give an opponent short field and a, like a short field because they're prone to turnovers. They're prone to, you know, three and outs, that type of stuff. Josh Allen has three touchdowns last week against them. And obviously Devin Singletary also has a monster game. I feel like this could still be like the Panthers are, are potentially that team the rest of the season. Their offense is that much of a joke. DJ Moore's mispracticed all week. It could mm -hmm. be a joke. Yeah, Tampa Bay might just run 30 more plays. I mean, that might be the exactly. advantage that Carolina just constantly never has the ball. So, yeah, again, like I said, definitely not going to push back on your Brady call here. And I love the Brady narrative, too, of like coming off a primetime shutout. Like he just wants to go and drop a huge hammer on. Uh, oh, yeah. He went from team. MVP favorite to now uh, second to Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, you know, he cares about this stuff. So, sure. And, you know, he loves Absolutely. Antonio Brown, too. So, I mean, yeah, I think yeah, I think he's going to yeah. be just fine against Carolina. Yeah, he'll really want to get uh, the redemption for Antonio Brown. Like the only person who is interested in the redemption of Antonio Brown is 
Tom Brady for whatever reason. Uh, all right, let's talk Justin Fields at $23 here. Uh, your pick for your second quarterback. Listen, hard, hard to go against Justin Fields with the rushing upside that he has. He has been a top 10 fantasy QB in all uh, all four of his last start, full starts. It's just been the cheat code rushing. Uh, you look in the the... The rate in which he uh, he scrambled rate is, is among the leaders in quarterbacks. So even if it's not pretty out there, um, he gets it done. And Seattle is you know not exactly a, a tough defense. So this is down below near the minimum there um, at twenty three. So uh, just it's just the cheat code. You know it's just with the legs. It's just uh, no matter uh, how uh, ugly it looks passing, he just ends up being a top ten guy with with the rushing. So at twenty three dollars to me, it's almost. Uh, I, I think that's the way I would he, he, Fields, barring this ankle injury, he would be the, the lean if I were building the lineup this week. Yeah, that's the thing is the ankle injury does give you some pause um, because the the last two games have been huge for his rushing upside. Seven carries for 35 yards against the Vikings, nine rush attempts for 74 yards against the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, these are the first two games we've gotten him back uh, since he had that injury uh, back in November. Yeah, uh, and, and he's been good in fantasy, right? Like he's been a good floor play. So I think you can build around him. Seattle's not an intimidating defense, but we'll talk more about this matchup. Yeah. Um, later on, I want to add too. a couple more things to, to that. Actually, sure. first of all, the Seattle's just played Tuesday night. They're allowing, I think, the fewest yards per carry in the NFL. So, like, the the Bears are not going to be able to run the ball at all. So, I just think it's a setup for passing. Even if Fields, it's like I said, it's not pretty. But his completion percentage over expectation last week was really good, actually. So maybe he's even improving there. So he's not even salaried as a top twenty QB uh, in this in this slate here. So I, I like Fields, but you're right. It all comes down to the ankle. Sure, we have to receive good news there because if he's compromised and he doesn't run, then I take it all back. Yeah, right. Then we're screwed. <laughs> that That is the one thing that gives me some pause there. Um, I like Kirk Cousins this week, too, at 29 bucks. Obviously, I think Matthew Stafford is the superior play in this game. But um, look, Kirk Cousins has been uh, not great. Not great the last two weeks. Uh, we're going to talk about this more when it comes to Justin Jefferson, like the potential impact of Adam Thielen returning, I think is is actually quietly, you know, huge news. But, you know, 11 fantasy points, 87 yards as a passer last game against the Bears. Yikes, that was a tough scene. No Dalvin Cook. We'll talk more about that later on as well. But, uh, yeah, I think Kirk Cousins just if you're looking for to save a little bit of salary from Stafford down to Kirk Cousins, I wouldn't be surprised if these two guys score pretty similarly in this game if it turns into the high, high-flying high shootout that we expect it to. Yeah, like I said, the highest uh, total of the weekend. I've moved Cousins as my 10th QB this week uh, in, in non-daily. I mean, seasonal. I like him a lot. They're going to be forced to throw more. I liked him before even the Dalvin Cook uh, news. Now I like him even more because it's it's just going to force this team to throw. They're extremely frustrating. I think they've led every game except the Niner game by seven points this this year and, and half of them by like 13 points, but they always coach to the score. Zimmer lets teams back in the game. That's not going to be their problem this week. I think both teams are going to pass more, like I've said. So yeah, I'm totally with you on Cousins. Just a cheaper version of Stafford 100% all right let's move to running backs uh you've got Cordero Patterson and uh, Dalton I'm just gonna say this I'm a little burned on CPAT and I love Cordero Patterson but I didn't play him all year except last week last week was the first week I played him and uh it was in our FFL uh Guru, guru contest, which I really, 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 really want to win. I'm currently in first place right now, and I, I I was the highest scoring team last week, so like I shouldn't cry too much. But I sat there tinkering on Sunday and got off Mark Andrews, 
who I was not like worried about at all, but still I was like, ah, you know what? I can go down to Zach Ertz and save a little salary and get up from Chase Edmonds, who I really wanted to get off of with the, with the James Conner news and somehow landed on fricking Cordero Patterson with the salary saving I got from going to Mark Andrews to Zach Ertz, which, you know, Ertz was fine, but Andrews kind of broke the slate at tight end. So, I'm a little burned on CPAT. He's actually a $1 higher salary this week than he was last week. So sell me on Patterson and tell me to get over my feelings here. Okay, so CPAT had a tough matchup last week. The Niners have moved up to number two in run defense DVOA. Um, but you also got unlucky. You, no, you also got unlucky. He led the NFL in snaps and touches in the red zone last week. I mean, they, they had the ball inside the 10 three times and came up with zero points or something crazy like that. So that's also I had an early unlucky. touchdown called back, too. Exactly, right? like, exactly. Yeah. So, yes, I, I mean, it wasn't just a matchup. You were also just pl- flat out bad luck, the scoring variance. Um, meanwhile, he's averaging 5.2 yards per carry at home this season. The Lions are allowing the third most fantasy points to running back. So uh, yeah, wheels up for me, especially in a week, just, you know, like Jonathan Taylor's not on the slate. I mean, now, now, now no Dalvin Cook, uh, Alvin Kamara plays Monday night. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I like Patterson at home, the game script there. Uh, they're now, I know that's fluctuated from four to six point favorites, depending on Goff's health. Believe me, I respect Detroit. They come to play. They show up. But um, I like Patterson. I like Patterson in this matchup. Uh, and, and I will quickly say, we were, I was going to go with James Robinson, and you pivoted because of another opening there. He would be a definite option, too, here. I don't believe his price moved much, and he's, he's facing the Jets, which is by far the most favorable matchup to opposing backs. And, he's, and Carlo, Carlos Hyde went on IR, so he's not coming back. And he was tr- treated like a true feature back last week without Urban Meyer. So um, James Robinson would be another play here if you didn't like Patterson as much as I do. I feel like Patterson will come in like at an extremely low roster rate, uh, of course, uh, with, you know, because there's so much value at this uh, with this slate uh, on on the running back position. And let's just jump right into kind of talking about that. By the way, you're right. Uh, James Robinson last week was 22 bucks. He's 26 this week. So like a marginal increase there. Um, all right, let's talk Alexander Madison here. 16 bucks, uh, really good salary this week, of course. And, you know, we just know that when there's no Dalvin cook and Dalvin cook was placed on the COVID list this morning, he's unvaccinated too. So he is, he's out for a minimum of 10 days. He potentially like is in some slight risk of, of missing their next game in week 17 too. So just a brutal break, uh, which is 11 days from now. So actually it depends, I guess when they start counting, I guess they start counting from the day you get placed on the list. So like it's 11 days from now, basically uh, is their next game. So we'll see what happens there. Pretty brutal break. If you have Dalvin cook on like your fantasy championship team, but uh, Alexander Madison, he actually just got himself off the COVID list as well. 16 bucks. Last time we saw him without Davin Cook, 22 carries, 90 yards and a touchdown against the Detroit Lions. We just know that whenever, you know, Dalvin Cook's not in there, Alexander Madison is a set it and forget it guy. And actually, that game against the Detroit Lions last we saw Madison, they were doing some shuffling on the offensive line where the Minnesota Vikings, you know, they were in that spot where Christian Darisaw was out and then they're like shuffling guys who don't normally play left tackle into the left tackle position, therefore making other spots on the line weaker. They were in that like, you know, kind of just opening Pandora's box there when you start to do that type of stuff with your offensive line. So Madison, actually, you could argue not as good of a matchup uh, against the Rams because the Lions are a great matchup, theoretically, against running backs. But still, really good just overall game flow spot here for Madison. I think he'll probably come in as one of the highest rostered players on the week. It has to be the highest. I mean, one of the highest of the season. I mean, he's averaged 150 yards from scrimmage in three starts this year and scored two touchdowns. 
Um, I, he's my number two fantasy, only behind Jonathan Taylor this week. Uh, I know the matchup is not ideal, but at home, again, the highest scoring projected scoring game matchup of the week, too. So, uh, yeah, I, I love Madison. My number two fantasy back of the week. So uh, given his $16 salary, um, the only argument I have for you is uh, maybe go contrarian in, in, right. in tournaments because everyone's going to be on him. The thing is, though, because there is so much value because of potential injury replacements, COVID replacements this week at running back, maybe, you know, you kind of have to ask yourself, Alexander Madison or these next two guys we'll talk about, first of which is Justin Jackson, your pick here at just 12 bucks. Yeah, it just sounds increasingly that Austin Eckler may miss this game. Obviously, if he plays, all bets are off here. But he'll get the majority of the shares here. Joshua Kelly will definitely get some. Jackson's not going to suddenly be a workhorse. But in a matchup like this with Houston, uh, very, very favorable. They're much. They're basically a run-funnel defense, too. So really like the setup for Jackson, who's produced every time he's been on the field. So um, at $12, yeah, there's another one that's just really, really uh, enticing. If there's no Eckler in double-digit favorites, Chargers, uh, the extra rest coming off uh, the Thursday night game. You really like the setup too. Yeah, no, it definitely, you, you gotta love it. Uh, Justin Jackson last week, 22 routes against the Kansas city chiefs. That was a uh, team high actually. So the fact that he's the passing down back helps a lot. The Texans, like you mentioned, just get smashed by running backs. They're allowing the most yards to running backs so far this year. Uh, and man, oh man, like this is just, it's a, it's a great spot for him. Like you said, Josh Kelly, I think will factor in, but like, he, he not as like anything more than just a very in season long leagues, like a low end flex play that might potentially piss off people who rust roster Justin Jackson because he'll steal a goal line touch or something like that. But I think Justin Jackson is the guy here. Uh, so listen, he, he, another running back uh, potential value spot here is your guy, our guy, <laughs> one Ronald. Everybody's had their Ronald Jones phase. Uh, 18 bucks for Ronald Jones. Uh, listen. It's just we don't love Ronald Jones, the player. At least we should not at this point. Um, the Bucks obviously don't love Ronald Jones, the player. But I'll tell you what, though, they love him more than Keyshawn Vaughn. Dalton, uh, one of our favorite uh, tap rooms down the street, uh, shout out to Brewport, has unfortunately had to close their doors uh, because of just, you know, long term, you know, COVID effects, that type of stuff uh, for their business. My fiance and I went to their closing night on Sunday night to watch this Bucks game pretty disappointing uh, outing to go to you know she knows nothing about the bucks obviously but Keyshawn bonds out there on the field and she just keeps asking me like why does tom brady hate number 21 i'm like just keep watching <laughs> keep keep watching and you'll you'll find out for yourself so um Keyshawn Vaughn, i don't think is gonna be a big factor and ronald jones is gonna even if he doesn't play on like clear-cut passing downs he's gonna get the ball thrown his way because brady just throws to a running back so much Oh, exactly. Even if he's not out there on passing third downs, he will still get catches just because that's what uh, Brady does. Yeah, I mean, I ranked him as a top five back this week. I'm sure it'll disappoint as usual, but uh, for all his faults, Ronald Jones <laughs> top is, five is the, Top five is, a, top five is pretty aggressive. Is it aggressive, you think? So, okay, so over the four games Leonard Burnett missed last season, Jones averaged 23 touches, 115 scrimmage yards, and scored three touchdowns. And Bruce Arians has come out and said, it's Jones's job now. Uh, Brady's missing two wide receivers. They're double-digit yeah, favorites no. against a total run funnel Carolina defense. Carolina ranks eighth uh, against the pass and 24th against the run in DVOA or something similar to that. And, uh, yeah, I mean... I, 
I get it that he's he'll probably fumble right away and I'll look like an idiot. But in this setup, um, again, both I mean, no Chris Godwin or Evans. Also, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I almost kind of couldn't set up more perfectly for Ronald Jones. But um, again, he he always breaks everyone's fantasy heart, so it's it is kind of a leap of faith being like, oh, I'm raking up top five in the fantasy semifinals. But here we are. Still though, yeah, I mean, the setup is perfect as you mentioned. Uh, the Panthers, they should be controlling this game obviously the Panthers have been a much better pass defense than a rush defense all year long Ronald Jones has actually crushed the Panthers in previous outings as well even just last year he ripped off that huge uh, long run against the Carolina Panthers so look it sets up perfectly right Uh, and I think too for Ronald Jones like they have played him so infrequently this year uh, that he should be fresh and explosive as well. So uh, there's, there's fresh legs down the stretch, baby. He, he's going to be winning people fantasy titles. Uh, listen, all of this value at running back brings us to a really interesting discussion point here at wide receiver. Uh, Dalton and I both basically wrote down, like we need to talk about Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup, you know, either there's there are plenty of builds too. as a uh, high salary as Cooper Cup is 41 bucks. And then Justin Jefferson is all the way down there at 32 in the second highest salary of the week. There are builds where you could play both of these guys 100% because of how much value we just talked about with Justin Jackson, Ronald Jones, Alexander Madison. How do we feel about this? these two guys, how it sets up for them this week? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to try to jam in both, too, especially if you can get Justin Fields for 23 at quarterback, too. Uh, yeah. It's possible. Even in Yahoo's 0.5 PPR scoring and with Cup's salary 22% higher, than the number two receiver. He's simply too hard to pass up unless you're just like fading to be contrarian in a, in a tournament. I mean, he's on pace for 147 catches, 1,973 yards, 17 touchdowns. I mean, that's pretty good even accounting for the uh, added game. I mean, this game indoors, the 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 replay of that second or whatever it was touchdown to him that Stafford with this, the narrow window was so oh, impressive. Yeah. I mean, just so impressive. I'm buying that breakfast narrative between these two. The chemistry is there. Um, oh, by the way, the Vikings are allowing the most fantasy points to receivers this year. So, yeah, I mean, you, it's hard to 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 come up with any arguments for Cup. You almost can't have his salary high enough. Uh, I was actually just right before we taped this, I was on Joe Holka's show. People can go check out his YouTube channel because we were able to pull up like the screenshot of Devontae Adams getting all that extra defensive attention from the Baltimore Ravens. And I've had people since I tweeted about this during the week, like ask me, why don't teams do this to Cooper Cup? And it's like. That play that you showed that you mentioned there against the Seahawks is a perfect reason why. Like he's lined up in the slot off the line of scrimmage and he's just going to rip up zone coverage in the middle of the field. The play before that, Dalton, he's literally chipping a blocker before getting the pass, like just out there in the flat and just miles and miles to run. Cooper Cup ain't out there as like an X receiver that you can just easily double. I mean, you can, there are ways to structure a bracket or double coverage uh, if you go man defense in, and then you can cover the slot in that way. But then you're leaving yourself exposed just by, by the way, the Ravens left themselves exposed to Marquez Valdez-Scantling last week, ripped them up for over 90 yards and a touchdown. You're leaving that to like Odell Beckham and Van Jefferson, who are better players than MVS. So yeah, Cup is just so hard to defend. Not even sure the Vikings secondary in this state that they're in right now can pull that off anyways. So yeah, there's no, there really is no like salary you could put on Cooper Cup that would make me not feel good, especially if you're in like any sort of small field contest, man. It's like you got to have Cooper Cup in there, I think, because the floor ceiling combination is just absurd. Um, All right, let's talk Justin Jefferson, though, in this same game. Now, Justin Jefferson is a guy we just talked about Cooper Cup being hard to hard to like assign extra defensive attention to because the role he plays. 
Justin Jefferson, on the other hand, has been getting that extra defensive attention. It was particularly noticeable against uh, the Chicago Bears on rookie Amir Smith-Marset's touchdown, Dalton. They had like three Bears defenders crash on uh, Justin Jefferson. And then, you know, Smith-Marset's just wide open in the end zone. Over the last two weeks, Justin Jefferson has just been pummeled with targets. Uh, The volume has been absurd, but he has a 44% catch rate. Dalton, he actually has 11 catches for 126 yards. That's the same amount of catches and fewer yards that he had in the game prior to this two-week stretch. Obviously, the two-week stretch is without Adam Thielen. I feel like getting Thielen back could be huge good news uh, for uh, for Justin Jefferson this week, actually. It might be the best of both worlds, too, because two, it was like two and a half weeks ago, he suffered a high ankle sprain. So either going to get an inactive Thielen or a far less than 100% Thielen out there, hopefully that attracts enough attention, but it's not going to be a target. He's not going to be 100% if he really did suffer a high ankle sprain that recently. Um, I'm all in on Justin Jefferson next year and and especially this week. He's right behind Devontae Adams and Cup for me right now in fantasy receivers. He finished first in Whopper last week, weighted opportunity rating, despite with Kirk Cousins throwing for a career low 87 yards. So uh, uh, put differently, Jefferson's coming up his second lowest yardage output of the season last week, despite leading the league in opportunity. So uh, wheels up this week in a matchup we keep repeating. The highest scoring projected total indoors. Um, yeah, I just love this setup here. I mean, you worry about Ramsey. I don't think he's he's really has not been shadowing. So um, I'm not shying away from that. And like I said, I don't even think if Thielen returns, hopefully that scares others, uh, you know, thinking he'll he'll take more targets because he's so, so recently removed from a high ankle sprain and Jefferson's been so on fire. And in a week that the Vikings are going to be forced to throw more, even without discounting the fact that Dalvin Cook's not playing here. So love Justin Jefferson. Yeah, and like by the way, he had 14 targets in that Detroit game prior to this two-week stretch without Thielen. Nine targets, 10 targets, 11 targets. It's not as if we're like, oh man, he's going to go back to a six-target player or something Mm -hmm, like that is Justin Jefferson. Like, yeah, again, he might not lead the league in weighted opportunity like he did last week, but still, it's just, I mean, an absurd spot uh, for Justin Jefferson, especially, I think, if Adam Thielen comes back. All right, now, if you do want to be contrarian, though, Dalton, let's give the people a couple of cheap uh, value wide receiver plays at near the minimum salary. We both have got guys. You've got Kenny Galladay at 11 bucks, and that makes my stomach turn a little bit, brother. I'll say that. Yeah, I made the joke I'd rather listen to Kenny G than draft him before the season, and here we are, full circle, Sterling Shepard on IR. Jake Fromm looked like a just flat-out upgrade over Mike Glennon. I mean, it might, even if it might be from a, an F to a D+, plus, it, it, it's certainly something. So Tony looks, even if he does play, he'll be at far less than 100%. So here's a little stat here. Kenny Galladay has been targeted 20-plus uh, yards down the field 11 times, and he has one catch. That came from Jake Fromm last week. So I uh, like this setup here a little bit better than the quarterback. Um, in a, they're not going to be able to run the ball against the Eagles. So no. I don't know. He's looking at double-digit targets at $11. So Kenny Galladay. Yeah, no, I don't hate it. It's the type of uh, contrarian play. Like, and Kenny Galladay can play, dude. He's not some goofball. It's just he, he's in a. It's just been a bad year. That's for sure. Um, I also like Nico Collins. Nico Collins, ten bucks, the stone minimum for our guy Nico Collins. And by the way, like, I actually kind of think Nico Collins can can play. Like, I don't. I don't think he. He's a. He's a rookie. 
13 targets over the last two weeks. Obviously, that pales in comparison to, and by the way, he's run the second most routes on the team at 65. There's a pretty big gap, uh, actually, between you know 76 routes for Brandon Cook, 65 for Nico Collins, but the third uh, highest receiver there is 44 with Chris Conley. Um, like I said, 13 targets over that span. That pales in comparison to Brandon Cook's is 21, but Brandon Cooks is on the COVID list right now. The matchup's not like ideal with the Chargers or anything, but I think Nico Collins can play, man. I, I think he's a good receiver. I think he will be a really nice breakout candidate next year. Um, he has has had some decent moments this year, but again, if I wanted to, if I gave like a player comparison for him, I think he's kind of a T Higgins ish esque player. Kind of think he's on that archetype of receivers. You know, it's not ideal investing in the Texans offense without Brandon Cooks, but again, the opportunity might be there for Nico Collins to make a couple big plays. Yeah, not only was Collins really was one of the preseason all stars, so I feel like he can play. But just to give more context, I mean, the COVID outbreak in the Chargers defense, no Joey Bosa, Davis Mills. Do you realize, I knew he had some extreme home road splits, but do you know his passer rating is 102 at home over five games this year? 7.4 wow. YPA, seven touchdowns, just one pick. Um, and that's, you know, with his with him when he was still developing early, obviously still developing, but he's shown a lot better signs of progress the last month. Easily the second best rookie QB uh, this year, unless we're counting Trey Lance in practice. But um, uh, so Mills <laughs> is fine, and, and they're not going to be able to run the ball no matter who. You know, Rex Burkhead is their feature back now, so they're 10-point underdogs, so it should be a lot of targets. If, if Cooks misses this game with Davis Mills playing far more competent than people realize, especially at home, uh, Collins is, uh, yeah, I can get on board with that. Yeah, I mean, again, it's a it's a desperation dart throw, but I feel like you're either going all the way to the top at the wide receiver leaderboard, or you're gonna, for whatever reason, somehow build yourself into a contrarian lineup there. All right, let's move to tight ends. Uh, let's start with Mark Andrews here. Um, obviously, can't go wrong with Mark Andrews. The guy's so good. Yeah, you took my pick for sure, Gronk. I'd rather uh, talk. I'm on board with that one more, just because Andrews are paying for the last couple of weeks. But if Huntley starts again and signs are kind of pointing that way, boy, have they shown a nice rapport. I mean, they have just been he's been targeted relentlessly. And uh, that would be a one way to get a leg up there is Andrews, who's uh, you know been the number one fantasy tight end. Uh, has he been the number one on the season now? Is, is Andrews, yep. right? Yeah, yep, he yeah. is still number one on the season. Yeah, but I like your Gronk call here, frankly. But just go ahead and say that because he's two dollars cheaper and with all those injuries in Tampa Bay. It's just wor worth noting 24 targets over the last two weeks for uh, for Mark Andrews, man. He's been unbelievable. Gronk, obviously, 11 targets against the New Orleans Saints. That's a tough matchup, man. I mean, obviously, that whole game just went to hell quickly. Like, nobody loses three of their four best offensive skill position players and, like, just, you know, like, Wild. rubs their shoulders off and keeps rolling, man. Like, obviously, you'd expect them to score more than zero points, but still, uh, that was, that, that game went to hell. The tight, uh, the, the tight end position always kind of struggles against the Saints when they're at full capacity because they have such good coverage linebackers and safeties. Anyways, Gronk, though, 24 bucks. Like, you know, he's, he should be the top targeted player this week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a game that we do expect them to win. I feel like, again, people might be off the Bucs after what happened last week, but Gronk makes like a really good, if you're going to pay up at tight end, I feel like you're paying for Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, I mean, no Godwin, no, likely no Evans. And then Antonio Brown, even though I like him this week, he's only looking at 30 to 35 snaps. So I'm, as we're speaking, I'm moving Gronk to my number one tight end this week. Yeah, I, I like him quite a bit. So 24, I would, he would be a strong consideration as one of my cup, Jefferson and Gronk would be my, like my three starting points for Yahoo DFS. Unbelievable. And the, it is great that the value is there that you can get to these guys. Um, all right, let's go down a tier here at tight end. For you, let's go down a couple of tiers here to Cole Komet. Oh, Komet, yeah. If you want to stack, uh, you want to stack with my guy uh, Justin Fields here. Komet has averaged eight targets over the last month. 
Um, and he gets the Seahawks defense that's easily been the most favorable to tight ends when you're looking at opposing like op- opponents and, and schedule adjusted. So uh, Komet, you know, the targets have been there. Half point PPR is not quite as great because, you know, the touchdowns may not be there with the Bears offense. But uh, a weak, thin tight end position, Komet, uh, uh, give me him at 14. Yeah, no, I think if you're looking to save a tight end, Cole Komet, the volume has been there. A little better with Andy Dalton than Justin Fields, as as to be expected, but still not a bad spot there. Um, I will say, as much as I love Gronk, and man, it's with Mark Andrews at 26, Travis Kelsey's on the COVID list. He's the highest salary tight end at 30 bucks. Still saving four bucks theoretically between those two is nice for Mark for Mark Andrews, man. But like with Kyle Pitts here. I really like Kyle Pitts. I am tempted to to go all in on Kyle Pitts this week. My bold prediction is that he is like he, this is his smash week. Look, we think about Kyle Pitts as if he as is having this bad season. Shout out to him for making the Pro Bowl as a rookie, by the way. Uh, nobody cares about the Pro Bowl, but it's worth noting, I guess, sort of. But he's fourth among tight ends in targets and yards. Uh, George Kittle among like relevant tight ends is the only guy who has a higher yards per target. So it's not as if like he's just been inefficient on volume. Kyle Pitts just isn't scoring touchdowns, man. He has a 1.1% touchdown rate. That is the sixth lowest mark among the top 50 scoring tight ends in fantasy right now. That's unbelievably low. Among guys with 50-plus targets, Dalton, the only two guys who have a lower touchdown rate are Dan Arnold and the aforementioned Cole Komet, who have scored zero times on the season. So there's some positive regression he's due for there. He's 3 of 12 on red zone targets overall. Why not against your Detroit Lions, man, uh, for Kyle Pitts to finally have his big game? Obviously, it's a little riskier than going with Gronk or Mark Andrews, but there's some salary saving to consider there, especially if we do want to get up to Cup and Justin Jefferson. I I really feel like this is the week for Kyle Pitts. Yeah, lines allowing eight yards per attempt. You know, yeah, I'm with you on Pitts. I just people are probably just tired of me writing about him or talking about him every week and having him disappoint because you're right. The volume's there. It's just coming. It's 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 just definitely going to come. The regression with the touchdowns. I'll go you one further here. I'm well aware of this stat. Uh, the Lions entered last week. Allow you talk about the lack of scoring for the Pitts. Pitts was problem in the red zone. The Lions entered last week, allowing every single red zone possession on defense to result in a touchdown. Every single one. And the, the Cardinals will stop four times in that game alone. But the, the point being, Pitts should hopefully maybe score pay, pay dirt this week because the, the Lions really, really struggle stopping teams in the red zone. So uh, I'm with you on Pitts. The targets have been there. He's been good. He's a rookie. It's the toughest position to transition. Uh, surprisingly, the loss of Calvin Ridley hurt him, didn't help him. Uh, but next year, uh, for sure, I'm going to be buying again. It's nice that you can hate the Arizona Cardinals since they're already like a team in in the division with your favorite team. It makes easy transition there. Absolutely, yeah, that does make it easier for sure. Yeah, no, not biggest fan. Yeah, Kyler. Remember when Kyler Murray was MVP favorite? Man, it feels like forever ago. Yeah, guys, uh, three touchdowns to three interceptions since he came off IR, uh, which again, I'm sure you are well aware or not. He wasn't even on IR, but just he missed those three games or whatever. All right, let's talk defenses here. Change the subject really quickly. Let's talk defenses here. You've got to start it with the Eagles at just 15 bucks. Yeah, as much as I uh, do think Jake Fromm uh, might be an upgrade over Glennon, you know, he still never, it was his first action last week. Uh, Eagles get at it at the quarterback. Uh, obviously, the Giants have their problems on offense. If I'm recommending Kenny Galladay getting double-digit targets. So, um, yeah, just 15. Uh, the Eagles, uh, I think I actually have their Eagles ranked as my number one fantasy D of the week. And he, they're, they're bored toward the bottom here in the Yahoo DFS salaries. So this was an easy call for me. Yeah, man. Uh, totally get it. Uh, makes a lot of sense there. Hey, listen, the Giants stink. I'm all in on taking advantage of them. Um, as much as I like Justin Fields as a daily fantasy play potentially mm-hmm. this week, I think <laughs> you can use the Seahawks defense at 14 bucks uh, because Justin Fields, 
you know, there's been a lot of things that have gone against him this year. I think the one area where he's really contributed being part of the problem is in the sack column. Uh, 12 point, okay, actually right now it's 11.8% sack rate is Justin Fields. That's the highest among starting quarterbacks. Coming into last week's game, he had lo- he had led the NFL uh, in averaging 20, or excuse me, he had averaged 21.3% sack yards lost per game. The only guys who had more were Zach Wilson and Joe Burrow. That second number has gone up. Uh, that, that sack loss uh, number has gone up. After that Vikings game, he, the guy just takes some brutal, brutal sacks. Like way, you know, it's one thing to get sacked behind a bad offensive line; it's another thing to make it worse on yourself. And I think Justin Fields does make it worse on himself sometimes in this column. So um, I do think the Seahawks, even if they're not a great defense, you know, Carlos Dunlap absolutely came to play last week against the Rams. I feel like he could take advantage of this offensive line yet again. And it could be ugly if the Bears having to pass playing from behind in Seattle and you got a hobbled uh, field. Um, but uh, yeah, let me hammer that point both the sacks by saying that the Ravens have been a borderline top five team to start opposing fantasy defenses against. And you wouldn't consider them a bad offense, but all those sacks Lamar Jackson and these scrambling quarterbacks take helps the uh, fantasy Ds. So and that certainly is a case with a raw rookie, Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, especially if he's got the ankle injury, man, I think you I think you're really uh you're really in a position to win there. All right, let's talk flex plays here. You've got Antonio Brown uh, in his first game back at 23 bucks. Yeah, even if it's only 30 to 35 snaps, um, it's weird that he's not doing full practices, but reportedly he looked fine like he did before his ankle injury. I would normally not like to use him after a player after a, a layoff, but if you're looking for a, a tournament play without Godwin, and I don't not expect uh, Evans to play here, Brady coming off the shutout. He loves Antonio Brown, who's been so, so productive when on the field. I mean, um, I was looking at some projection systems. They have him as scoring like the top 10 fa- uh, points this week. So I'm all in on AB at this price. Yeah, I have him, I think, inside my top 10 receivers ranked this nope, week. Uh, yeah. I wish he was a little lower salary, actually. Um, but it's 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 just such a good uh, spot there for him uh, coming off that long layoff so yeah i totally get the ab call there again if i like brady if i like this offense overall i gotta like antonio brown a pretty good amount so yeah i mean he it's nice that they have him to just throw back out there again that's that's a nice nice thing to have i know um, i wonder i wonder if they'd have been so you know they're deciding we're bringing him back or not i mean i guess they made that decision before the injuries actually too huh they did yeah. huh yeah yeah, yeah. they did well, it worked yeah. out well for him Listen, I I was like calling complete BS on anybody. It's like, oh, they might make a moral stand yeah, again. Oh, please give me a break. Like they want to win a freaking Super Bowl. They already Brown's already in the building. Give me a break. They're gonna cut him over a fake vaccine card. I I, I don't think so. Even if Bruce Never Arians was, was pissed it. about yeah, it. You're, no, you're I didn't think right. it was ever. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think it was ever in the cards. But definitely not in the cards now. <laughs> uh, right. I do kind of I do kind of wish that they would just be like I just for once. I just want one team to be like. Yeah, we're bringing him back because like we want to win the Super Bowl. Like that's just the long and short totally. of this thing. That's what's totally. going on here. Um, all right, let's talk uh, flex play. That I'm not. I'm not in love with this, but I kind of like Clyde edwards alaire this week at just 17 bucks, man. Like if you're trying to save at the running back position, uh, potentially, you know, build a contrarian lineup. Clyde edwards alaire at 17. Uh, the Steelers are 32nd in rushing EPA allowed since week 10. They let Donta Foreman get 130 plus total yards on them last week. Like Foreman was the one thing that worked out in that Titan Steelers game last week because the Steelers are just that bad defending the run right now for whatever reason. And I kind of think the Chiefs can run the ball a little bit. Their offensive line is pretty good. You know, if they're missing guys like Travis Kelsey, if they're missing guys like Tyreek Hill, they're going to have to come up with a counterpunch here. Part of that could be like, all right, let's just 
put the ball in Clyde Edwards-Alaire's hands 15-plus times, which we rarely do as the Kansas City Chiefs, but um, this could be the week that they do it. The Steelers' defense, run defense has just simply given up, not just last week. The week before, they gave up a season-high 205 yards to Dalvin Cook. The week before that, they had Devontae Freeman scoring nearly 20 fantasy points. Um, I liked Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in this matchup before the you know the uncertainty with Tyreek Hill and Kelsey, but if they both miss the game, even with Daryl Williams, will get his. Uh, love him at, at 17. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice matchup, and when you factor in the, uh, you know, the questions with his teammates, uh, you like to set up for CEH quite a bit. Yeah, no question. I mean, again, I don't ever love CEH, but definitely, uh, definitely think this is a good week. All right, let's talk fades here before we get out. Dalton, you've got uh, Josh Allen here at 37 bucks. Tell me why you are out on Josh Allen this week. And I'm guessing you're also then therefore out on Diggs and Gabriel Davis as well. Yeah, I, just, I know the conditions won't be worse as far as weather the last time these teams met, but the Patriots have moved into first in DVOA. They've allowed the second fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, Bills don't have a super high high implied team total this week. Allen didn't run as much last week playing through that sprained foot. It might have just been game stance and maybe he's perfectly fine this week, but that's another issue. Uh, I personally have uh, Matthew Stafford ranked higher this week given the matchups and he's a dollar cheaper, I believe, in Yahoo DFS. So that's why I went this route. I mean, of course, I don't think Josh Allen's going to have a bad game. I just think there are, there are better ways to spend uh, DFS money. Like you mentioned, three rush attempts for 24 yards. Last week on that injured ankle against the Carolina Panthers, he needed to throw three touchdowns to get you over 20 fantasy points, and you're going to need him to get 20 fantasy points uh, if you're paying uh, the iron uh, the iron price here at 37 bucks, the highest on the week. Uh, I agree with you. Like, really, I just think Stafford has such a good outlook. You know, if you could go all the way down to Justin Fields, there, uh, there's just so many good spots to go to at quarterback this week that I feel like there's no real reason, even if you want to spend the 37. I like Justin Herbert with Keenan Allen coming off the yeah. COVID list. Uh, I like him more. Obviously, Keenan Allen played last week. I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, they got Keenan Allen there. Uh, Rashawn Slater is the one who came off the COVID list. Uh, so, like, good news there for Justin Herbert. Like, you know, probably not going to play Mahomes without his top two guys potentially. But again, yeah, I, I, I do think that there, there are superior plays at $37. What want to follow one quickly. Diggs will be shadowed by J.C. Jackson. Cole Beasley's on the COVID list. And their left tackle and left guard are too. So, so yeah, it's, it's just not a great setup for Josh Allen. this. I mean, it's a huge, huge game, man. I mean, their division, it's for the division. Huge, huge game. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it. But uh, I expect it to be lower scoring and, and, and a lot of runs from New England and, and just not ideal setup for fantasy. I'm surprised this game is uh, a 1 p.m. game on Sunday. I mean, I know they played their uh, game on Monday night, uh, the, wind, the wind game a little while ago, but I'm surprised this doesn't have a bigger national audience to it. Um, all right. I'm going to talk about Jamar Chase here as my fade. And let me just say, it, do it doesn't feel comfortable, right? Because we know the Ravens defense has been bottom three in explosive pass rate allowed all season long. Jamar Chase rung him up for 200 plus yards last time he saw this Ravens team. And they're more injured and more depleted at cornerback now than they were then. Um, defensive coordinator Wink Martindale came out, I think it was today, and said, like, we're not going to do what we did to Devontae Adams. We talked about that earlier, uh, where he was, like, double covering the hell out of even triple teaming sometimes Devontae Adams. Again, you never, ever, ever see anybody do that. They're that depleted at cornerback right now. They got to dedicate all those resources to Devontae Adams, and that didn't even really work out for them. So 
it's not comfortable fading Jamar Chase, but the biggest problem for there's a couple problems for Jamar Chase here. Number one, no Bengals wide receiver uh, is averaging more than seven targets per game over their last five contests. That's an issue. You're really banking on efficiency with the way this team is calling plays right now. Gives me some pause. Maybe they could be more pass heavy if Joe Mixon misses this game and Samaje P. Ryan starts. That's yet another like potential value running back on this slate. Um, however, Jamar Chase is still 28 bucks, bro. Like, there's Yahoo is still asking us. That's the fourth highest salary among wide receivers. Coming off a of one catch game, they're still asking us to pay September salary for December Jamar Chase. I, I do not feel comfortable with that in any way. Yeah, well, I, I would love to push back and say that the Ravens are an extreme uh, pass funnel defense. You cannot run against them. I, I, I actually agree with you because T. Higgins is $6 cheaper, went on the field together. Higgins, 24% target share. Yep. Chase, 23% target share. Similar amount of air yards per game. Uh, it's just Chase had the early touchdown advantage on him. But I love Higgins at home this year. He's uh, averaging 89 yards compared to 50 on the road. He was averaging 122 yards before last week's dud was Higgins. So, yeah, I would take Higgins uh, or basically rank them back-to-back. I do. And the fact that Chase is still salaried uh, in DFS from the previous part of the year, $6 more than Higgins. Uh, yeah, why would you not just go down to, to the cheaper T? Well, I will say the uh, Bengals are going to be probably forced to pass more this game. But man, ever since their bye, they've just been below average uh, neutral pass rate. And it's just been very frustrating when you have these uh, Ferraris parked in the garage. But you mentioned it. Maybe Joe Mixon's ankle injury will also force them too. But, but yeah, I'm with you. When you have a teammate who's getting an equal, if not greater, percentage of the targets uh, for $6 cheaper, uh, why not pivot there? I actually think, too, if you want access to the upside of the Bengals passing game, like you can totally just go down to T. Higgins, who over the la- that five game stretch that I mentioned actually leads the team with 35 targets. Uh, and then uh, Jamar Chase, I think, is 29 and Tyler Boyd is 28. I mean, the value in those hmm. targets is there's a huge gap between the targets that Chase gets, and the targets that Boyd gets in terms of the air yards and the average of target there. But still, that is a little too close for comfort. But if you just want access to like the upside of the Bengals passing game in this spot, I would just play Joe Burrow at 30 bucks. And like I actually think, you know, he hasn't had a huge fantasy game in quite some time because you mentioned that that neutral pass rate is low. But, you know, if they hit a couple of big plays like either Higgins or Chase, I, I would kind of think about just playing Burrow unstacked with either in a smaller field tournament, especially. Uh, and then, you know, again, you know, you can still have Cup and Jefferson and all these guys there. Yeah, because even like Uzuma may have a big game or whatever. I, I like yeah. the Burrow call because the Ravens secondary is just, I mean, I don't think they have one star member that started the season back there. Uh, it's just ravaged by, by injuries and whatnot. So it is a good setup. But um, yeah, go go elsewhere. Go Higgins, go Uzuma, go, go just go naked Burrow. I'm with you there too. All right, there we go. Uh, well, that is going to do it for us. Uh, of course, if you still, even without TJ here, we missed TJ this week, even though Dalton is a more than stellar fill-in for TJ. If you did find this uh, show on the DFS MVP feed, of course, make sure you check out the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. Dalton and I do a midweek stats nerd episode together. I'm also on uh, the recap episode. Dalton's on the preview episode. Both of that, both of those shows are with our own Liz Lowe's. And of course, if you found this via the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast feed, do make sure you go check out DFS MVP, uh, the podcast that TJ Hernandez does. I, I know also they do a Sunday morning subscriber only Q&A in their Discord. Uh, so again, a lot of great stuff. Please go check them out, even if TJ is not with us. And I, we are hope we are hopeful he's back with us next week because TJ is great, even though I never, never, ever hate a chance to podcast with my buddy Dalton Del Don. 
Yeah, man, it was a good time talking to you. I, I hope you guys are back. I hope TJ's back too. I enjoy, we listen to you every, every single week. So it's happy to jump on. Uh, I, I love uh, listening to you guys uh, regularly. So uh, happy to jump on, talk some DFS with you and have you, have you remind me that I'm uh, out $260,000 bet last week. So a uh, good time. Uh, I, I believe you brought that up. I believe you brought <laughs> that up unprompted. I did not ask you about it. Yeah. I know. And for all your listeners, I will stop uh, talking about my survivor now officially after this. But it's all over until next year. Of course, I'll try to get in. But I'll be out by week one then too. That's that's the thing, man. It's, you're never going to get this far again. But uh, it is what it is. Good times. All right, man. Good luck to everyone in your in your fantasy playoffs too. What a ridiculous uh, COVID situation we're going through. Yeah, what a ridiculous week. What a ridiculous set of weeks. Like I said, I'm not sure when week 15, if it did end, I'm not sure when it ended, and I'm really not sure when week 16 mm -hmm. began, but here we are. Uh, all right, everybody, good luck to you out there. Make sure uh, you check us out on Twitter. I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. That's at Dalton Del Don, and make sure you follow the whole crew at Yahoo Fantasy. We are out.